Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot to get to today. David Van Camp's having some fun with everything happening on Capitol Hill. Oh, yeah. It's 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 just a barrel of monkeys, man. I love this. Some people are really fretting. I, What's going on? We need to band together as a party. Mm. Don't let Kevin McCarthy. Nope. Don't have to, actually. More on that in a little bit. Yeah. Well, we're talking border crisis here, right? Yeah. Well, the new talking point, uh, and, and they've settled on this at the White House, uh, is that this little, you know, historic border crisis that we've got going on. If you mention that it's a crisis, and boy, it seems like the border's pretty open to me. Yep. You're spreading disinformation, says Corinne Jean-Pierre. Roll it. When you think about uh, the smugglers, really putting a plan in place that we deal with the smugglers, right? And we have to be very careful here, Peter, on how we talk about this. Because if we talk about it in a way that is misinformation, then it helps the smugglers. Yeah. And so these are the issues that the president... <laughs> well, hold on. Unreal. <laughs> Holy smokes. We're... Early into 2023, okay, yeah. and Robbins has had it yep. with this dog. dang. You just want to help the smugglers, Scott. That's what you're all about. Oh, my God. Yes. It's taken incredibly seriously. And, again, I will say this. I just said it moments ago. He's willing to work with Republicans. He's willing to work with Democrats. He's willing to work with independents to work on this issue, to move forward with his comprehensive plan that he put forward on day one of his administration. As long as that comprehensive plan includes amnesty and includes a pathway to citizenship for people who came in here illegally it's no good dude i'm so tired of it kicking this can down the road and it's been for uh, 18 years at least on and on and on and no one ever wants to do anything about it unless they're in power and get the quote political win Unless the corporations that really own these parties tell them, whoa, 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 wait a second, this is helping our business. You need to vote a certain way. Then they'll do it because they're just pawns, spineless pawns. And it's one thing after another. And now, well, this is only helping the smugglers. So if we don't talk about what we see, that puts the smugglers in a bad spot. But if we talk about what we see, (laughs) then that's, that's a win for the smugglers. Apparently. That's the new talking point. That's mind-numbing, man. Yes, it is. Holy cow. Yeah. You know, it just sort of goes on and on, and people still feel hopeless in a way because nothing is done about this particular issue, along with several others. But, you know, I'm hearing reports, whether it's New York, different states, about fentanyl being a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And it seems like... Locally, even statewide across the United States, there is talk of the fentanyl crisis and how many people it's killing. Yeah. But you don't hear it on a national level. No. I I mean, isn't that pretty shocking is that when you're talking about people under the age of 50, opioid overdoses are the number one cause of death. Yes. And could you imagine 
if we had a ticker on CNN like they did with COVID oh. that is tracking every single overdose. Why won't they do it? I mean, no, there there are stories occasionally on national news, but, man, it's mostly local, and you're right, statewide. I mean, this is it, – it is, it is really sad to me. I was driving um, just over the winter break and seeing – a couple of different billboards just warning about fentanyl and it's put on by you know nonprofit organizations rehab facilities things like that and i remember years ago that it was the same thing like if you drive through oklahoma missouri uh you have these warning signs about methamphetamine and yet mm-hmm. that somehow doesn't really dominate the american news cycle no it doesn't it is it's shocking that that's reality for millions of americans Yes. And no one seems to really care. But we know why it's not covered. Because it would be bad politically for the left. Right. Because, I mean, just play out that story. Okay, we're going to start talking about fentanyl deaths. How does it get into the United States? Well, it starts in China. Then it goes through Mexico with the cartels, and it comes up through the southern border. So what would that mean? Well, my goodness, we got to secure the border. They don't want to do it. So let's just ignore that. Who cares if a bunch of Americans are dying? If we talk about fentanyl, more people will use fentanyl. Right. (laughs) I mean, if you want to follow that line of logic a bit further, there you go. Well, that goes right hand in hand with the logic that we see a lot of times from lefties in in D.C. I mean, it was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who said, hey, if you want to reduce the prison population, just stop building prisons. Yes. Okay. It's unreal. That's just the way that thing goes. But that's another reason why it's so frustrating. But again, man, with national news especially, it's not really about news. It's what stories they want to cover to frame a narrative. I mean, it's essentially propaganda. So there you go. Meanwhile, on Capitol Hill, and that was the big story um, last night and then even this morning on the major networks, was Republicans in disarray. Right. (laughs) Because Kevin McCarthy... Was supposed. I mean, he already moved into the office to be Speaker of the House, yet he doesn't have the votes from the Republicans. Yeah. And you have these 19 or 20 rogue Republicans that are not voting for him. Yeah. And you're loving this, David, to, I, to the dismay of several Republicans. Oh, yeah, and, and a lot of conservative commentators, I know. But it, it is interesting to me that there are a lot of conservative commentators talking about these 20 or so rogue Republicans using the exact same language that we mocked Bernie Sanders for when he was talking about Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, when he was saying, two senators do not have the right to tank these votes. (laughs) And it's like, well, actually, Senator, it it was 52 total who were voting against all of these, uh, like, Build Back Better and whatnot and killing the filibuster. So that's just called basic (laughs) math. Well, in this case... Yeah, you got a majority of the of the Republican conference, but uh, sorry, you don't have the majority of the House of Representatives to back them up. So th- that's just math. Yes. I, I mean, and what is wrong with actually having a deliberative body actually deliberate things, actually argue things? What is wrong well, with that? I think the argument is, and it's not one that I necessarily support, but you've heard it, is that well, the, the Republicans are showing everyone they can't govern. They can't get together on this. They're, they're not going to govern anyway. 
I mean, okay, you have a majority in the House of Representatives, barely, in what should have been a wave election year, and you screwed the pooch on that mm-hmm. uh, in the House of Representatives, but you have a Democrat-controlled Senate, and you have a Democrat-controlled White House. What? Uh, I, the, the only argument I keep hearing over and over again is like, well, what about these investigations into Fauci and into, uh, into uh, Mayorkas yeah. and all that stuff? Okay, so you have these investigations... What happens next? I'll tell you what happens next. Nothing. Because nothing comes out of those things. That's a point that not many people talk about. (laughs) The other point to me is a guy like Kevin McCarthy. You have conservatives, right, that vote for conservatives to do a job when they go to D.C. And then when they just kowtow to the Republican machine, everyone's disappointed. Yeah. So the most I hear about as far as this shows the Republicans can't govern, it seems to me, is more from people that are concerned about the Republican Party than doing what's right. Yes. And that's where a, a lot of us are like, I, after the omnibus bill was passed, and I understand you're talking about a difference between the Senate and the House, but come on, it's all the same, isn't it, when you're talking about Republicans and Democrats? Okay, they pass it. You had all these Republicans vote for it to get it through. What, so they could get home for Christmas? It screwed people. They should never have voted for yeah. that. Ever. And so you have people very upset about it. It doesn't get all that much play in national media, but that's the truth. And so you have people like Bobert and Chip Roy and Matt Gates saying, no, I'm not voting for Kevin Mark- McCarthy because it's more of the same. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, and then... You know, I don't know if you saw what was going on with Trump yesterday. People were asking Trump, are you still supporting my Kevin, as Trump has called him in the mm-hmm. past, Kevin McCarthy, to be speaker? And at first, the reports were, Trump was saying, let's see what happens. Right. <laughs> right. Not, not always the best guy to be fighting in the trenches with. <laughs> but then he comes back around and says, yes, my support. And then Matt Gates from Florida was told of that. And he said in a statement, sad, exclamation mark, which is sort of Trumpian. Yeah, very much. And then said, this changes neither my view of McCarthy nor Trump nor my vote. And he ain't getting Gates' vote. No. Uh, but one of the people that voted against Kevin McCarthy was on Fox and Friends this morning with Kilmeade, and they were going back and forth. And the guy's like, nah, not doing it. Yeah. Not yet. Well, thing is, the, well, no vote, the no vote increased after each vote. Right. It didn't decrease. Well, the other part of this, we can get into it later, and some people are starting to vote for Jim Jordan from Ohio. Yeah, even though he said he doesn't want it. And you know, there's an old theory, and when you watch it <laughs> over time, at least for me, my own opinion, it seems to be true. Sometimes the best leaders are the ones that really don't want it, but do it out of a sense of duty. The people that want to be leaders so badly oftentimes don't make the best leaders. Because why do they want it so badly? Mm -hmm. You think it's because Kevin McCarthy is dying to fight for the American people every day? (laughs) Give me a friggin' break. He wants to put it on his Facebook profile. It'll look good. (laughs) Speaker of the House. A totally different story out there. The homeless problem is not going away anytime soon. We know that, especially big cities and the big cities on the West Coast. So I see this headline of a homeless woman describing her lifestyle. And she says three meals a day, and I don't have to do bleep. Oh, boy. (laughs) 
Well, and kind of sets up what her day looks like as a homeless person. And I, for those of us that have followed this for a while, it's not going to be a surprise. For a whole lot of people in the United States, I think it will be. I have the actual audio from this lady. I think I can get it edited in time Uh-oh. to play it within the next 10 minutes. I mean, you got to roll the dice, right? <laughs> right. I think I can find the beeps to beep out the right parts. Okay. Just trust me on things. Okay. A little trust, huh? This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Probably saw the update. Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin, his uncle said he is showing some signs of improvement. That's good news. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Certainly not out of the woods, but any news, good news when it comes to that story. We'll get into more of that a little bit later on. I'd mentioned uh, this has been making the rounds on social media. It's an interview with a homeless woman in Portland. And, you know, in the story, they bring up Michael Schellenberger did a whole piece about the homeless in San Francisco. He wrote a book about it, how what we're doing is making the problem worse. To me, that's common sense. The safe places for drug addicts, you you just encourage people to use drugs. How are you going to get people off drugs and back into society with a job and self-sufficient? I don't understand how that's supposed to work. It's never been clear to me. But it certainly doesn't work. And so in this interview, you get this person that's interviewing a woman named Wendy who just lives in a tent in Portland and wants to know, well, what is life like as far as, you know, day to day? I think I got the bad word out. Oh, boy. One. We'll see. Roll it. So how is it like being homeless in Portland? It's a piece of cake, really. I mean, that's why you probably got so many out here because... They feed you three meals a day. You don't have to do shit but stay in your tent or party. Or if you smoke a lot of dope, you can do that. Um, mm. What else? What else, Melissa? What else do I say? Well, I'm being interviewed. Um, Just trying to paint the picture. Wants yeah. a little input. Likes to collaborate, Wendy does. Mm-hmm. Do you have friends that are living the same life? And she goes on to say... What's yeah, that? that's really it. It's like you wake up, you go eat a blanche, get high. Go eat a blanche for lunch. Get high. Go eat dinner. Get high. And that's all you do all day long, every day. I'm being honest. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Does it feel like that's really helping anybody? It's not. That's why you see all the tents. Right. Yeah. Because you can go to a place where you can get, you know, a couple hot meals a day, and that's basically it. Your basic needs are met. If you're a drug addict, that's a dream. Yeah. You're going to get fed? Oh, my goodness. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Does it feel like that's really helping anybody? No. It's not. And knows it. And what was the last thing she said? People are up all night. Okay, people are up all night. Sleep all day. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing, Derek. Well, 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 well. Up all night, sleep all day. Mm-hmm. We used to think only rock stars got to do that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know? Okay. Was that really a reason... To bring back the Slaughter Classic. Well, 
Maybe not, but I'm taking it. <laughs> they paid for their own way, though. Yes, they did. There was some marketable ability there. I think that album was at least platinum, maybe double platinum. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. The guys in Slaughter were not sleeping in tents, getting up, getting high. No. And then, yeah. No. No, they were not. They might have gotten up and gotten high, but they showed up the next night to play. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yep. Rocking. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's going to happen? When are people going to wake know. up to this? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I think there's this weird combination at play here. I think there are a lot of people who really believe in their heart that they are doing good things when they provide these types of services. I really do. I think there are people who think I am helping somebody. Um, and then there are people who, I don't know, we may refer to as the <coughs> experts and all of this, who actually, at least based on their actions, I believe, want this stuff. They want this stuff because broken people are easy to control. That's the only thing that makes sense if, in if, all of this, David. If it you, sounds crazy, but that is really true. If you are desperate and addicted and lonely, then you are the most malleable person on the planet. Yes. Take away your agency, and then you become a tool. Yes. What else makes sense? Don't you want these people to get better? We all have a heart for the homeless. I was just talking to a buddy of mine the other day, um, and he is a God-fearing man. And we were going back and forth. He said, I feel like some of these people, I'm going to give them a dollar, and I'm going to ask them their name, and I'm going to pray for them. And sometimes I'll say, what's your name? I want to pray for you. And people say, yes, please pray for me. And he feels that's that's what he's supposed to do, and that's fine. And, I, you know, I'm saying, listen, I've been told so many times and read so much about this and used to serve with the homeless. And you're just making the problem worse because most people know where to go well, if to you, get services that can help them. Right. If you're receiving everything, it's to sustain yourself and, and offering up nothing in return. Yeah. Then whether you're a child and you're a parent and trying to govern your children or you're what you remember when you were a kid, you yes. can't have everything you want. Oh, For another free. drop in the Twitter files. Did you hear about that? All about the FBI next. Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Chip Roy, uh, Republican representative out of Texas, happens to be my representative. Uh, he is one of the 20 GOP rebels who is holding up the uh, ascendancy of uh, Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. They are voting no. They are blocking his election to lead the House of Representatives. Um, and I, to me, I think the the real end game in this is to just kind of tell big money people in politics, you don't get to control us. 
I love that. We're going to do what you can do. And I know there are a lot of people who are upset about this, a lot of conservatives. They're making a mockery of the process. Well, I, I kind of think backroom deals tend to make a mockery of what's supposed to be the process. I'm not naive enough to think that that hasn't been going on for a long time. Yep. But I'm just saying, if you can actually air out grievances and get people to say where they are on any particular issue and push people as you represent the people who sent you to Washington, push leadership closer to where you are, do it. What's the point of being a representative if you're not going to represent people who elected you? I mean, when you're reading stories about the start of the country... And through the 1800s and the back and forth that used to happen all the time, that was sort of what the country was built on, wasn't it? Yeah. So Chip Roy nominated Byron Donalds for speaker, and it was kind of amazing as he uh, tried to appeal to the Democrats, perhaps, about this. Hmm. Uh, Here we go. Now, here we are, and for the first time in history, there have been two black Americans placed into the nomination for Speaker of the House. See? So if you don't vote for uh, Byron Donald, you're racist, clearly. You know? Wow. Just saying. Hmm. Turn that right around on him, huh? Wow. You know what? With that story, um, I have something to add on to that, David, uh, okay. within the next 10 minutes <laughs> as part of our uh, What's Your Story. Just interesting as as far as race and how it plays out in politics. And sometimes with corporations. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, before we get there, I mentioned the Twitter files. Another drop. Matt Taibbi again was the one that uh, released the 11th installment of the Twitter files. And what it talks about in this one, I got the story from Daily Wire. Um, says, in August 2017, when Facebook decided to suspend 300 accounts with suspected Russian origin, Twitter wasn't worried. That's what Taibbi writes. Its leaders were sure they didn't have a Russian problem. (laughs) (laughs) But Twitter was so sure they had no Russian problem, execs agreed the best PR strategy was to say nothing on record and quietly hurl reporters at Facebook. It was them! Ah, yeah. (laughs) And it seemed to work. Uh, Public Policy VP Colin Crowell wrote in an email back in 2017, Twitter is not the focus of inquiry into Russian election meddling right now. The spotlight is on Facebook because Facebook has better targeting ability than we have for campaign-related advertising. And because the Trump campaign spent massively on Facebook during the election compared to what they spent with us. I guess wouldn't that have been easy to argue? The Trump campaign didn't have to spend a whole lot on Twitter because Trump dominated Twitter. Right. I mean, there are a lot of people who signed up for Twitter just to follow what... Like, whether they loved him or hated him, they wanted to follow whatever it was that he was saying. Yes. But then there were more and more PR problems because you had Democrats saying, no, Twitter's part of this, too. So the story goes on. In growing anxiety over its PR problems, Twitter formed a Russia task force to proactively self-investigate. The Russia task force started mainly with data shared with counterparts at Facebook centered around accounts supposedly tied to Russia's Internet Research Agency. And this is all part of, basically, how the intelligence community got into Twitter. And we know where that ended up when you get to 2020 and beyond, where they were calling a lot of shots and telling Twitter, you need to basically ramp this down or just shut it off all together like they did the New York Post story on Hunter Biden. 
So there's going to be a whole lot more coming out on this. And at least word is there's going to be more about Fauci by the end of the week Mm -hmm. from the Twitter files. Which, are you just done with Fauci? Because I want to see more of it. And I think it's important because I think there's so many people in America that don't know the depth of Fauci and what went on with the Wuhan lab. No, I want the reckoning. I want the reckoning. I, I yes, we deserve the reckoning. You know, for all the misery. I, I guess it's one of those things where opponents to you will say it's just vindictive. You just want someone to pay for something. I'm serious, man. I just want to know the truth. Yeah. What was the truth? I, and that's it. But when you see so many reports that legacy media have stuffed down on, say, vouching himself, you just want it to see the light of day. Yeah. You know, that's it. Um, anyway, it's time to move on. Something we do every day at this time is what's your story? And that is different stories that we see around may not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. Mm-hmm. Today, David, what's your story? Uh, today, uh, my story is probably my favorite story of the day, actually. <clears throat> it wow. was an indigenous activist who led some sort of art collective in Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. And uh, turns out she's a white lady. What? Uh, not and Okay, I just want to read you the story. This is Madison365.com uh, reporting on this. Early in 2020, an indigenous artist... Uh, urged the owners of a new music venue in town to change its name. It was called the Winnebago, after the street on which it stands. But many indigenous people and allies let allies let the owners know. <laughs> Sorry, that always cracks me up when it's like, yeah. allies, yes. Uh, let the owners know that it wasn't the best name for a white-owned music venue. It's named after the freaking street. <laughs> now, one of the activists who was bullying uh, the owners of the venue... Uh, was named, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, i got to be honest with you, it's uh, Nibby Wakamigwe. Oh, uh, Nibby. Yeah, sure. uh, founding member and co-owner of the Queer Indigenous Artist Collective uh, and a budding leader of Madison's indigenous arts community. Uh, but after several months, the venue did actually relent, rebranded as the Burr Oak. Uh, and what uh, Nibby Wakamigwe uh, said at the time... <laughs> was, I'm glad the owners have decided to no longer profit from the identities of indigenous people. The name is going, but I'm not happy. The institutions that allowed it to be stolen in the first place remain. For over 500 years, indigenous peoples have, have not controlled our narratives and representations. Okay, but her actual name is Kay LeClaire. And she's a white lady. <laughs> actually, oh, no. Now, Nibby is actually Kay? Yeah, it's, it's Kay LeClaire. And it's really funny... Because uh, since at least 2017, she has claimed multiple tribal connections. Uh, She's also said that she's Cuban and that she's Jewish. She is none of those things. (laughs) 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 But here's the thing. Oh, yeah, also she's two-spirit. Of course. Because, you know, that's a thing. Right. Um, and Sounds like she's seven spirit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. She's got a lot of spirits going around between <laughs> her ears. Right. That's true. Now, actually, somebody online just said something's not right about this, and the person was didn't even identify themselves, but just on some blog message board tracked her genealogy and says, "Hey, wait a minute, you're like French Canadian. <laughs> like you're not. 
you're not Rachel any of Dolezal is saying oh, yeah. you're ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. The craziest thing, though, is that she was actually somebody who had a paid residency at the University of Wisconsin. She also was on the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Task Force and had a what? bunch of speaking gigs and art exhibitions and a, a platform and trust of a community, particularly woke white liberals, who believed her. There were actual indigenous artists who said, you know, I never really wanted to call her out on it, but some of the things that she would say just didn't make any sense because that's not how you would identify you know, this particular tribe or, or as a member of this particular tribe, but they just kind of went along with it. But all, all the white oh liberals goodness. just were buying the crap that she was making, saying, it's an indigenous <laughs> art piece. My pronouns are they, them. <laughs> I'm going to change all my passwords to Nibia art today. <laughs> it's fantastic. That is, anyway, that's that my a, story for the day. That's, that's a, a great, great story. Yes, it is. Oh, man, I, I got to follow that. I want to see Elizabeth Warren comment on that, you know? <laughs> and that's when the tears came. Yes. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> All right, what's your story, Scott? Uh, Gays Against Groomers has uh, issued a big announcement. Yeah. Uh, they uh, have said, we have thwarted the attempt to put together a Guinness Book of World Records largest drag queen story hour in St. Petersburg, Florida. They canceled it because of some pressure that was being put on. The event was to be, quote, a fabulous family-friendly celebration of literacy. That's been canceled. Stupid gays against groomers. Stop it. <laughs> maybe it's just as well, though. Uh, you know, maybe they can actually teach kids how to read. But, again, that wouldn't be fabulous. But, hey. The whole family friendly with the drag get-togethers. Yeah. The world's largest, by the way, according to the Guinness Book they of were World trying. Records. Yes. Wow. Um, my story today is, you know, I'm going to tell you it doesn't have much news value. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, and I'm switching gears here because I I think a, a laugh is good. All right. And I'll get to the update on your story earlier, David, uh, in the next 10 minutes. But I saw the story of the funniest ways guys injured themselves in 2022. Not just themselves, but that mm. part of themselves. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God, I love these. <laughs> That's the thing. Every guy winces when you hear about it, yet you can't stop oh, laughing. Oh, no, no, you can't. It's like when your buddy took a shot there, and they're like, oh, in, in pain, but you can't help but laugh. Right. It's this odd thing. Um, so this was all highlighted. Um, like a guy went to the ER because he scrubbed himself too hard with a loofah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I... <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, now, this sounds like it could actually happen. A guy was using a French press when it shattered and spilled hot coffee right on himself. Lay out. Dang. Every dad has had their kid rack him somehow. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This dad got karate chopped in the groin by his kid. Mm. Went to the hospital? Ten days later, he went to the ER because he kept thinking the pain's going to go away, and it didn't. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, there's another one. A guy was sitting on the toilet holding a nail file, leaned forward to grab toilet paper, stabbed himself. I'm not <laughs> believing that one. There's a lot of these. You're like, okay, what really happened? Gosh. Oh, like one guy said, well, I was having a pillow fight with his dog. <laughs> 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 what happened to him? He said the dog lunged for the pillow and bit him there. Uh-huh. 
No. Just ignore that jar of peanut butter, okay? Don't worry about it. I want to snack. At what point in your life are you sitting there going, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that jar of peanut butter. <laughs> I mean, that's, you make that decision. You say, this is where I am in my life. Uh, one guy said he got it caught in the car door. Oh, oh How bad? Oh, Another one said he got it caught in a dishwasher door. Oh. Uh, one got it slammed in the fridge. Oh. Oof. Where's some pants? Um, it, I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, one guy actually admitted he was using a <clears throat> pump and suddenly heard a pop. Oh, gosh. <laughs> With the pump? A pump pop? <laughs> I'm not an expert on such things, but it didn't sound good. Dang. Not heard a pop. <laughs> There's a Jiffy Pop joke in there somewhere. I know it. Yeah, and then... <laughs> no, what? How do you get a wedding ring stuck there? It seems like... <sighs> Is his nickname Pencil? How that's, does that work? That's just Don't ever take it off, honey. The guy was ever. watching football racked and t- just on and on. <laughs> News update straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on today. I mentioned this earlier. Real quick, I happened to see this on Tucker Carlson's show last night. Um, Kelly Means is the co-founder of True Medicine. He used to be in these corporate boardrooms. And the story is, and yeah, it's what you've probably suspected. An organization like Coke would give the NAACP money to call opponents racist if they were saying... Hey, wait a second. We shouldn't have Coke in schools. That's that's not good nutrition for the kids. Yeah. Well, you're saying that because you're racist. Yeah. Oh, and especially SNAP benefits, too. Food stamps. Like, if yes. you exclude those, well, that's racist. Why? How? So he was on talking about being in the boardroom, and he got to see it firsthand. It was pretty interesting. Because all that you think happens probably happens. Being inside of the room, there are three parts to the playbook to basically rig the system that Coke and many other special interests use. The first, as you alluded to, is the civil rights group. And in the case of the food stamps and Coke issue, it was the NAACP. And what was shocking is that being inside of the room, it's transactional. They, they say the quiet part out loud. Coke will give, in this case, the NAACP, millions of dollars for the NAACP to call opponents, in this case, parents who are concerned about their kids ingesting 100 times more sugar than they did 100 years ago, to call them racist and to shut down debate. The second part of the stool, and this is very... It is, man. Robbins, you're an old dog. You you call yourself that, and still... As cynical as you are, you still shake your head when you hear that. The thing is, you know it's happening, but when you hear it... I know. It's numbing. I mean... Yes, because you, you want it to not be true, but you know it is. Well, like this Daddy is- used to tell you, money talks, BS <laughs> walks. 
And Period. It controls everything. Well, and this is very bipartisan. It's the Heritage See. Foundation and other conservative think tanks. And I have a lot of experience mm. with the Heritage Foundation. And let me tell you, ordering a corporate slanted study from the Heritage Foundation is about as easy and transactional as going into McDonald's and getting a Big Mac. And the third, and, and maybe even the most important one, is, is research institutions. I think it's important to note yeah, that Coke right. and processed food companies spend 11 times more on nutrition research um, than the NIH. <laughs> And being in the rooms, I can tell you, that is not out of philanthropic goodwill. They're expecting something in, the in return. And what they're getting is peer-reviewed studies from elite research institutions saying yep. things like sugar doesn't cause obesity. And the loser here is kids. Yeah. So it's all that stuff. Gosh, and the more you read into it, the more disgusted you are with all of those companies. Because they really don't. They don't care about people's health. They're there to make money. Sometimes you have the public just going, yeah, I know it ain't good for man, it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> the way it rolls. This is the Mark McMahon Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, migrants are being shipped out of Texas. Yep. And you have people freaking out again. Well, of course. Well, it's very interesting because the news that we got yesterday was that the governor of Colorado is going to start sending busloads of migrants to New York City, and apparently we're not going to freak out about that. Hmm. You got Eric Adams saying, well, one city can't take care of all these people. And I'm just like, uh, dude, there's this tiny little town called Del Rio that's been handling this for almost two years now yeah it is interesting you have colorado saying uh yet yeah, not here uh yep. we'll send them to chicago and new york too <laughs> right <laughs> it's incredible yeah and and yet you don't have the freak out because uh, i mean i just want to bring this back never forget how democrats in the media flipped out when governor abbott started sending migrants to new york dc and chicago and when uh, Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis sent a couple dozen migrants to Martha's Vineyard. It was like this horrible, terrible thing. Oh, yes. You do a montage, don't you? Yes. Yes. It is a cruel, inhumane way of treating uh, people. A truly inhumane thing to do. I thought the word inhumane was a good one to use. It could be tantamount to human trafficking. Literally human trafficking. These are the kinds of tactics we see from smugglers. They liken it to responding to a natural disaster. It is not right. We can and must do better. I just know that we are so much better than that. Yeah, better than that. Than Martha's Vineyard? But, yeah, right. Well, then when, you know, Colorado does it, uh, not, not a big deal, because he's got the right letter after his name. <laughs> I mean, it, it is crazy. You know, the world makes a lot more sense when you realize that most of the people making policy decisions are just BS artists. Plain and simple. It's true. They're just liars, and they're shameless about it. Yes. And it's not about the best for people. No. It's about their own agenda. Mm -hmm. And more than likely, someone that's paying them to say whatever it is they're saying. Oftentimes, that is the case. Well, no one, 
no one's been able to figure out how they how they gain three hundred million dollars in personal wealth <laughs> on a congressman's salary. <laughs> I don't know. A book deal. Uh, I just got in on the ground floor. Some good investments. Yeah, that's yeah, all. Weird. You know, I got lucky. No big deal. You know how it works. I mean, but that's so simple. It's, all you got to do is look at what they had when they went in and what they have when they go out. It, it is also really rich that this big omnibus bill that had to be yes, passed in order right. for our country to survive, we had to uh, allocate funding for the Michelle Obama trail in Georgia and all these LGBTQ plus LMNOP2S whatever uh, centers across the United States. Yeah, but that little provision about banning members of Congress from trading stocks. Nah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do Bad. that next time. By the way, <laughs> and this happened right as we were going into break, and we never brought this up. And I haven't even asked you guys about this. Um, you know, some Republicans voted for that omnibus bill. Disappointing. But some you almost expected. Right. Tom Cotton, though? Yeah. Were you taken back by that? A little bit. I mean, I, I, I think... Like the the whole debacle going on in the House of Representatives, one of the reasons I like it uh, is just because it's good to see some people with backbone who are willing Absolutely. to push back against leadership, even if you know some people can't make heads or tails of the whole thing. It's just we need more of that. We need more people who are willing to put their political capital on the line to do what they think is right, whether you agree with it or not. Just just do it. Have some stones. That's the thing, man. Because. And we talk about this a lot. You've got to be very careful putting your faith in any human being. Oh, They're sure. going to let you down sooner or later. They're human. But there are some people you put above others and, you know, okay, I trust this person a little more to do the right thing. Or at least the right thing in your opinion. Mm -hmm. And that was a big disappointment with Cotton, the omnibus bill. But as you mentioned, David, now switching gears to the House of Representatives. And it's a mockery. Yes. That's what critics are saying right yes. now of what's going on. So anyway, the House of Representatives is trying to elect a speaker, which was supposed to be Kevin McCarthy, because, you know, supposed to be is how that town runs, evidently. Uh, but a handful of Republicans have gone full on YOLO and have been blocking him from getting the gavel. Now, a whole lot of Republican loyalists are really ticked off because this is usually a ceremonial thing and they like it that way. Hey, we made the right deals behind the scenes. You people. Bah. Now, uh, Brendan Buck used to work for Paul Ryan and John Boehner, and he is personally offended. Okay? He wants to let you know this was on MSNBC. Okay. Again, he worked for Paul Ryan and John yeah. Boehner. I, I bet he's offended. Spokesman. Yeah. I just yeah. got to say, this is incredibly frustrating to watch as a Republican. Uh, this is a new majority that you should be celebrating. There is a time and a place to sort this out. And they had that time and that place to sort it out. It's a closed-door conference meeting where people put up different candidates and they vote for who their speaker should be. And they did that. And Kevin McCarthy won overwhelmingly. And in, but instead of going along with the, the views of their conference, they're making a mockery of the House of Representatives. I think they're actually exercising their rights as members of the House of Representatives, because when you're talking about electing a person who is just behind the vice president of the United States when it comes to the line of succession, you know, <clears throat> backroom deals really shouldn't be how it operates. No, I mean... I understand when people are going to push back on this idea, but it seems simple in that, you know, the House of Representatives, what are they in D.C. to do? 
to represent the people that elected them. Isn't that what these people are doing? Are they there to represent the Republican Party or the people from their area? Right. I mean, I'm not ready to give a speech on the floor here. I'm just like, okay, this is part of it. Yeah, well, it should have been done ahead of time. Representatives to actually vote their conscience. Well, from every why is that embarrassing? From the other thing I understand, when there were meetings happening and people bring up their concerns, the likes of Kevin McCarthy just kind of blow them off smugly. Yep. Because like we're in power, little female dogs now get in line. Some people don't want to get in line. He did very little groundwork prior to all of this because he didn't think he had to. Yeah. Well, it's really, it's funny to me to see some Democrats mocking Republicans with this, including members of the squad. And it's like, y'all, you talk about how much you are rebels in the House of Representatives, a new class of politicians. And Nancy Pelosi, this 130-year-old, more vodka than human being person, dog walked you around the Capitol. <laughs> I dog walked you. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yes, I I don't disagree with that at all. But I mean they're I mean they're all hypocrites. This is what it is. And now where's Trump on this? Oh. Because Kevin McCarthy is his guy, right? Yep. Uh he put on Truth Social. Uh some really good conversations took place last night and now it's time for all of our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin. Close the deal, take the victory and watch crazy Nancy Pelosi fly back home to a very broken California. The only uh speaker in the US history to have lost the house twice. Okay. I'm not looking to take shots. I'm asking the honest opinion. Mm-hmm. How much yank does Trump still have? Obviously not a lot because no, the people who are defecting are the people I would consider Trump loyalists. Like actually when you talk about the overall movement, when you talk about yeah. um the sort of populist conservative revolt that Trump was able to uh build and put forward and, and move forward, a lot of the people in this crowd are people who are there because of Trump. And they're saying, See you, Don. Sorry. Don't think any less of you necessarily, but I mean, that's a weird and it's an ugly food fight, too. Oh, um, yeah. David. Well, I, I'm just calling it like I see Gates, it. Gates, Bobert. Yeah. Say, so, you no, know, we're not playing this game. It's interesting to see it all unfold. Um, mentioned this yesterday. It's totally switching gears to DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills. And no update other than his uncle saying he had made some progress. Yeah. And from what the way I understood it, tell me if you got the same thing. He needed 100% help breathing. They took it down to 50% and was going to see how that went. Yeah. And then could continue to lower it or they might have to go back. But we haven't heard the update on that. Or at I, least I haven't. Yeah. Last I heard, they had flipped him over onto his stomach to help his yeah. lungs, to help the yes. blood flow through his yeah. lungs more. And still trying to figure out what was it that caused all of this and just asking questions. We know that if you ask questions, with a football hit like this, and how could there be cardiac arrest, that you're some sort of awful person? You know, how dare you bring any anti-vax to this conversation? Mm-hmm. It, which is not it at all. You're just trying to figure out what's true and what's not, and a, could this have been a part of it? A large, large percentage of Americans are thinking the same thing right now. Whether they say it out loud or not is a whole nother thing. You wonder it. But they're thinking it. Yeah. Of course they are. The guy was a healthy 24-year-old athlete. Yes. 
And it may and have so, been that random hit. It could have been. It may, it may, it may have been the, right the only time. story there is to this. I don't know. As we talked about it yesterday. So we said that could be it. Yep. And maybe it's not. You just don't know. Right. The, the fact is they don't know. But it's okay to question it. Yes. It's okay to ask questions. So Sean Fleetwood at the Federalist put a piece out that the title says it all. There's nothing wrong with asking questions about DeMar Hamlin's sudden collapse. There shouldn't be any problem asking questions about no, it. No, none at all. You know, was it the force of the hit? Um, we don't even know if the guy was vaccinated. At least we didn't yesterday. I still haven't heard an no. update on that. So nope. you don't even know, but you're just asking, well, if he was, could this have played a part with the spike proteins? And, you know, as he wrote, among the more common theories cycling through the media was that commotio or commodio cortis contributed to the cardiac arrest, which is very rare. Um but as he wrote, what we do know is that Hamlin is far from the only young and healthy athlete to suffer sudden cardiac-related problems over the last few years. He mentions the former tight end from the University of Central Florida's football team. Died suddenly last, last month at the age of 25. He was out on a jog. Wasn't any sort of hit. Um, a 21-year-old Greek soccer player abruptly died after going into cardiac arrest during a match early last year. This, you know, Hamlin would have died if they wouldn't have had. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. The medical professionals yeah. there on hand. And so similar cardiac-related incidents have been reported among other soccer players and high-profile athletes. In the end, it's not wrong to ask the question. Now, if you're going with a theory, it was absolutely this. Well, you don't know. But that goes either way. Another story out there. Wow. Man, oh, man. How does a guy forget his wife at a rest stop? Is that intentional? Just asking. Well, nothing wrong with asking the question, right? <laughs> this was in Thailand. Last week, 55-year-old guy pulled to the side of the road in the middle of the night to use the restroom. His wife sleeping in the back seat. After he got out, she decided she'd also use the bathroom. He came back, accidentally drove off without her. Oof. You can see that, right? Home yeah, on 6, Philippine restaurant, or restroom. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> Thought she was still sleeping in the back. 100 miles later. Hey, hey, where is she? A got... 100 miles. Woman didn't have any uh, money or a phone. Oh, boy. Decided oh. to start hoofing it on foot. Oh. Walked 13 miles before she found a police station. Everything's okay now. Golly. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you. Is a dozen roses fixed that one? Night out? <laughs> massage? Gotcha. I don't think so. Yeah. Your feet must be tired. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> a foot massage? Yeah. What, nightly for the next four years? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, daddy. What's going to do that? All right. Which more to get to? Um, oh, Peter Ducey asks, hey, Biden's involvement as far as making money off foreign countries, that much more coming up. Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. When you're talking about Hunter Biden's laptop, it can get really convoluted, at least for me, trying to keep it all straight. Yeah. So we hear that the Justice Department, did they admit that there are 400 pages in that laptop that talk about 
the Biden family and their dealings with foreign countries and bringing money into the family. And it'll never see the light of day. That's the neat they, part. But here's the weird thing. It was admitted and then they took it back? Yeah. Because Josh Boswell from the Daily Mail, he's on Tucker's show. And, you know, Tucker's saying, you know, this guy breaks a lot of stories. You know, how... How did this come about? Yeah, so um, this is a Colorado lawyer who um, actually is quite an expert in the Freedom of Information Act, which is what he used to file this request to ask for any documents that the Justice Department holds about Hunter and about Jim Biden, uh, the president's brother, um, and their dealings with Russia, China, Ukraine. The uh, Justice Department themselves, the lawyers admitted in court, according to Evans, uh, that there were 400 pages at least of responsive documents. Whoa. But now they're backtracking, as you say, and, and they're claiming that they can, no, um, they can no longer confirm or deny that these documents exist. Well, they admitted it in court. Uh, whoops. Hmm. Upon further review, <laughs> we were told that, no, we can't confirm or deny. So then Peter Ducey is asking White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, hey, what about this, huh? And they claim to have evidence that Joe Biden lied to the American people about his involvement in his family's business schemes. Did he? So, look, um, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Uh, House Republicans promised that fighting inflation during the midterms was going to be their number one priority. That's what they said was important to them, and that's what they said that they wanted to do. Uh, but instead, uh, what they're doing is uh, wanting to do an investigation on the president and his family. That is their focus. They don't want to focus on the American people oh, and their family. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh my, my brain is short-circuiting because <laughs> yes. leading up to the election, they said inflation was really not that big of a deal, and it was actually coming down, right? Zero inflation. Ah. Yeah, that's what they said at the time. So they said, actually, Republicans were making up the inflation. How bad is it that you're actually saying, hey, look, inflation's terrible, and House Republicans should try to do something about that? Don't talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. Mm. Like, well, and it, and she, you know, tried to state that the best she could. It wasn't very smooth, but well. then it goes on and on, you know? Uh, they want to focus on political division. They want to <gasps> focus on uh, something that the American people do not want to see, as we saw uh, from the midterm elections. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm not going to get into, uh, you know, get into the specifics of, of any of the oversight here. She we have a White House counsel that's going to... Continues you know, on and on. Golly, the make-a-wish press secretary... <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, that's a hot one. Well, yeah. You wonder how she got there. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the way, Jeremy Renner, did you see that? He yeah. posted a selfie from the hospital. He looked terrible yeah. after that snowmobile accident. How crazy is that? But it looks like he's going to be okay. Plowing his own snow with his own tractor. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David? Oh, uh, well, there are a couple. Uh, one, of course, is the food fight that's going on. Uh, in Congress and the House of Representatives, and a lot of Republicans are mad at the 20 or so uh, Republicans who are holding out on Kevin McCarthy for House Speaker. Um, mm -hmm. It's really funny to me to watch. It just really is. I, I, I can't help it. Maybe it's my immature side, but I'm, I'm actually really loving this because now Kevin McCarthy is lost for a fourth time. <laughs> well, listen, man, I think, again, it's a lot of people that have voted for Republicans to do a certain job and they haven't done it. And this is just a bigger picture of that, in my opinion. So, yeah, all the whining and moaning continues, but 
Yeah, and we'll have an update on that. And then more on the border crisis. Straight ahead. As always, thank you very much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, the border crisis. It's just going to continue to go on and on as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. What's going to stop it? Well, nothing. I mean, really, there is no will from the White House to do it. So it just goes on and on? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you wonder, okay, when is it going to happen? Is Greg Abbott just going to say, okay, National Guard, we're going to have to have guns out all the time? And then what? where does that go? Right. That's, I mean, that, that's a really ugly situation. Yeah. Without that happening, how does it ever stop? But here's the thing. I don't know if it would ever stop. If they were to actually like militarize the southern border like that, then you might actually have a situation where the executive branch wakes up and goes down and starts arresting a bunch of National Guardsmen. Yeah, they would do it in a very heartbeat. strange situation. And then you have the cartels down there, too, yeah. who sort of control it right now. Mm-hmm. It's just an ugly situation all the way around. But you got to believe this is what the White House wants because they don't do anything about yeah. it. Oh, totally. But well, at the same time, and there's questions coming in. And what does the White House say? Well, you've got uh, the Supreme Court keeping Title 42 in place for now, and the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, says, well, you know what we need to do? Amnesty. Okay? And Republicans, stop playing the blame game. That's what she's saying. Oh, my goodness. The Supreme Court's order gives Republicans in Congress plenty of time, uh, we believe, to move uh, past political finger-pointing um, and, uh, and, uh, and join our Democratic colleagues to fix and uh, to work to, to fix this problem and come forth, uh, come, come forth with a comprehensive way to move forward. Yeah. Can't even get that line of BS out. Mm, right. No. Exactly. No. Can't do it. And it's gone on for years. Said it too many times then Republicans have had a chance. Remember, Trump was going to build the wall and really didn't get support from too many Republicans. There were a lot that were standing in the way because they thought, you remember when he first mentioned the wall on the campaign trail, he was mocked mercilessly. Yeah. Well, you know what was so weird, you know, heading into the Christmas break when they were debating this omnibus bill and a bunch of Republicans were actually trying to stand up and say, no, this is too much money. And then you heard the counterpoint from Democrats and a few other Republicans saying, we can't shut down the government. That would be irresponsible. Democrats shut down the government over, what was it, $5 billion for a border wall? You're talking about $1.7 trillion here. Oh, I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The amount of fentanyl coming through, the amount of people here illegally, that's not worth shutting the government down over? Oh, we can't have it. It's irresponsible. And this would be such a loss for the Republicans if they vote against it. It's just the same old. 
And I don't want to sound hopeless. Don't ever want to get hopeless, but it's very frustrating the way the well, government. Well, I think it's trying. understandable right now. You throw your hands up in the air, say nothing we can do about it. I know. I mean, I say this now, and I mean it. I don't know what we can do about it. No, nothing's done. I mean, they don't care about it. They want it to happen, obviously, yes. and yes. it continues to happen. And again, if they had the death clock of deaths due to fentanyl overdoses running every day on CNN, much like they did COVID, maybe that would garner attention. I don't know. Maybe. Other stuff out there. Well, we're all going to die, you know that, because of climate change. Yeah. The alarmists are out there, even though many times been proven wrong on several different theories. It still gets pushed out there a lot. That's not to say that there hasn't been a change in temperature over time. We've gone over this I don't know how many times. But new idea out there. You know what we need to start doing to save the planet in the future? Mm -hmm. Start mating with shorter people. Yeah. Yeah, Marley. Yes. No more than five foot four. Right. Yeah. Like Prince. Like Prince. Well, I think he was five two to be fair. He was speaking of himself when he said little red Corvette. (laughs) I don't know. Ride the tiger! Like, Ronnie James Dio would have been a fan. Sure. Five foot four. Little mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. You got Muggsy Bogue singing anything? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Um, I think I have a growly Ride the Tiger, if you want that. Ride the tiger! There you go. That's fantastic. No more than five foot four. Yeah. Yes. Author Mara Altman yeah. claims that when you mate with shorter people, you're potentially saving the planet by shrinking the needs of subsequent generations. Because... Mm-hmm. Apparently, as the argument goes, short people need less sustenance and take uh, shorter showers. That doesn't make sense to me, but that, that it's, it's like this water conservation thing. Less body to clean, bro. <laughs> NBA Commissioner David Stern issued a statement that's junk science. I'm, well, I, I'm just saying that my wife is a good, what, uh, five, six inches shorter than I am. She takes okay. like... 30-minute long showers. I'm in and out of there in about 10. Well, that just sounds sexist. Okay. <laughs> saying that about women, they take longer in the shower. <laughs> just saying. Huh? No, I know. But, uh, yeah, shorter people are inherent conservationists, which is more crucial than ever in the world of 8 billion. Adding, if we keep our proportions the same, or just 10% shorter in America alone, we would save 87 million tons of food per year. Not to mention trillions of gallons of water, quadrillions of BTUs of energy, and millions of tons of trash. Okay. By the way, I notice there's nothing mentioned about weight in here. Right. At least the, the the parts that I read mention don't mention it's just height. Okay, you gotta go shorter. If you had more circumference, you'd spend more time in the shower, you'd think. Well, because there'd be more places you had to wash. Well, you got to wash. I'm speaking from experience here. I mean, you you got to wash more frequently too, because well, you sweat a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to make this about men, women, anything else. But if you take two people that are roughly the same height, uh-huh. I'm guessing like AOC and Captain Nats. Okay, Jerry Nadler. I'm guessing. As far as just consumption goes, oh, Captain Nads is ruling well, that world. Well, yeah. You know, sevenfold. Just a guess.
They've got the wash rag on a t- some sort of. <laughs> I wash myself with a stick on a with right. a with a rag on a stick. Like the library holds the papers. He's got one of those, except it's got a wash rag on it. Wow. He, he takes his baths at SeaWorld. <laughs> Dang. Maybe just take us out back and hose him down. <laughs> That is amazing, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fauci's probably working with Merck right now to get a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, thinking about that segment, I was like, man, who are some short singers? <laughs> First two that came to mind were Prince and Dio. I didn't Dio. think about Fauci. Yeah. That would have been really good. Um, I did see this, and we can see if you agree or not as we start the new year. It's different things that should become normalized that are currently uncommon. Okay. Can we just roll down this and see if you agree or not? Sure. It's in crazy times right now. Um, Eating out alone should be normalized. Is that that big a deal? Mm, I don't think so. I don't like doing it, but but I don't mind. I don't, yeah, who cares? I wonder, man, because the source of this was BuzzFeed. Ah, yes. All right. So I'm wondering, a lot of lonely readers? Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, Just wondering. Um, also, normalize adult slumber parties. No. Um, what are you guys doing Saturday night? No. <laughs> I'm not bringing my sleeping bag over to your house. <laughs> stay up and play video game. I'll, Put my I'll, hand I'll, in water bring... while I go to sleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you don't have a slumber party. As adults, it's like I'm crashing at so-and-so's place. Right. Well, and it, it mentions you could stay over or rent a house with your friends. If you're going on vacation and you're yeah. renting a house, that's completely different yeah. than slumber party. <laughs> um, changing careers in midlife, that should become normalized. People do it all the time. Yeah, I don't Yeah. Don't yeah. they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Affection between men or between different sexes that's purely platonic. What does that mean? Like, Affection is different things to different people. Other. Well, I mean, I give a bro hug. I know. You do. Yeah, you do the hug thing. I, I find that unsettling, personally. Yeah. I don't bro hug you guys. Mm-hmm. Not very often. You do hold no. Scott's hand, but... Oh, that's only after good ratings. Yeah. Every month. <laughs> Just kidding. Joking. He paints my nails. <laughs> At the slumber party. Right. <laughs> no, I think... It, I've given you guys uh, the half bro hug like yeah. on monumental occasions. Yeah, yeah you have like a, like a sort of celebration sort yeah. of thing. Um, but no, I mean with different buddies, you know that can happen when I see them. Hey man, good to see you. That sort yeah. of thing. Um, good bosses that help you grow and learn. That that's sh- that's uncommon, but should be normalized. Well, I, we've all had them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that means. Genuine interactions between people that are not interrupted by phones. Okay. Like you're just going to have a conversation with somebody and whatever, you know, messages are coming in, you're just going to blow it off. You're engaged in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Mm -hmm. A four-day work week. I get, you know, it just depends on your business. Yeah, right. And if you can be productive enough in that time to satisfy your boss, if you can, good for you. Say my daughter works four twelves and then gets three-day weekends. I've heard of that, especially yeah. in the medical world. She enjoys it, yeah. I've known a lot of people that really do like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you can do it, that's cool. 
Um, it also says dressing to impress for things like dining out or job interviews or flying. I don't know about but, flying, but job interviews, dressing to impress, yeah, it's not normalized. Yeah, I know. I thought that was kind of the thing. That's the... That's what you're supposed to do. Put your best yeah. foot forward and whatnot. Yes, that right. got lost somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. That's really interesting to me. And then splitting the check on dates. I am a big fan of normalizing that. Yeah, yeah Robbins? It doesn't hurt, no. Yeah, some of these, I know at least some of my buddies are saying, where was that years ago? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to me, it really doesn't matter because I'm the only one who makes money in the relationship. So splitting the Ooh. check is just, yeah. You feel that bitterness oh. in the back of your neck? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's bitterness, if it's the fact that sometimes it's, you might know, but you just don't say. Yeah, it's just a fact. Okay. Didn't create those babies on their own. News update and relationship update from Van Camp next. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David Van Camp with a couple of updates. Can get to at least one right now. Yeah, it, it's it's the one I just sent you. Oh my goodness, man! You've sent a couple. I, I, I Joy Behar is blaming white men for football. <laughs> yeah. What? And, yes, we don't have time for that one right now. At least I don't think. No. Um, so the president uh, is speaking today, and he said something that makes absolutely no sense. And it's one of those things where I almost know, I can almost remember what he's referencing, but it's, it's so jumbled up, I, I don't know what he's actually saying. All right, we're going to play this game together. What's Joe saying? Roll it. I've traveled over 140 countries around the world. As I was, I'll paraphrase the phrase in my old neighborhood. The rest of the countries, the world's not a patch on our genes. If we do what we want to do, we need to do. The rest of the country <laughs> is not a patch on our genes? Is that what he said? Yeah. The rest of the countries, the world's not a patch on our genes. If we do what we want to do, we need to do. Is not a patch on our genes that we can do what we want to do. I feel like I'm playing a what family game on Apple TV, and we all have our phones, and we're trying to figure out the right answer. But no one's getting it right. Hmm. The rest of the countries, the world's not a patch on our genes. If we do what we want to do, we need to do. I don't know what the hell. I, I have no idea. I'm really out of ideas here. I need help. Can I get a clue? <laughs> David's the only one that could offer that clue. I, no, it's like it's right there, and I I think it's not like from his old neighborhood. I'm trying to remember it now. It's one of those things like it's on the it's on the tip of my tongue. Exactly, like there is a saying about that. Like, and the I now I'm gonna Joe Biden this whole thing. <laughs> Something like how the American flag is on a patch of jeans or something like that all around okay. the world, but the other countries we don't have that here. We don't have you know oh. Portugal, you know Portugal's flag emblazoned on our 
Levi's. Got it. Something like that. But now, gosh, I can't remember what it is. I, anyway. All right. It's Patch about America's influence around the world, but I just for the life of me ah. can't remember what the saying actually is. And every time, every time I Google some combination of that, I just get tips on how to patch my old jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, continuing the game of trying to figure out exactly what people say or mean. Joy Behar on white men and football injuries. Oh, gosh. Roll yeah. it. Only 45% of Americans think that tack- tackle football is appropriate. Wow. Uh, heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, doing football. Mm-hmm. And conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying. <laughs> Golly. Okay. Holy cow. All right. I'm sorry. I'm stuck on patching my jeans. I know. I, it's, I, it is, it's, it's like a magic eye painting, right? You just, I'm trying to just like relax my brain as much as possible. Yeah. And it'll come to me. Like I've, I've heard of it. I've, I've seen that in a movie. Somebody's got to well, hit Robbins up on Facebook. Somebody out there knows mind. exactly what Joe Biden was trying to say. Robbins, you say that I have a mental illness. Yes. The ADD thing. You do, but that's okay. <laughs> so I can't help my mind combines the two with Behar and Biden. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about patching my old tough skins from when I was a kid playing tackle football in the backyard. Because to, to poke a hole in the tough skins, you really oh, yeah. had to get tackled and be on the ground a lot. Yeah. So maybe Joe, you know, he was a football star once. I know. <laughs> All Maybe American. he just got his bell rung one too many times, and that's so, why I can't make sense now. I remember played. my mom with the iron-on patches. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had those. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You can still buy those patches. I'm not joking. With a song, You Ain't Worth the Patch in My Jeans? That's not a real song, is it? Not worth the salt in my tears. Dwight Twilly. Come on, man. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. (laughs) The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, before we get to anything else, news update, David Van Camp. Well, I'm I'm sorry, I'm haunted by the patch on the jeans thing that the president said. Oh. I don't know what this means. It's it's like well, I, I know the elements of a saying are there. <laughs> it's like it's like when you're hearing a Muzak version of a song you love, but you can't quite place it like it's a deep cut, and you're like, Oh, I know this one. Hmm. All right, let's go over it again. Okay. So you came across this audio within the last hour. Yeah. And it's Biden saying this. I've traveled over 140 countries around the world. I'll paraphrase the phrase in my own neighborhood. The rest of the countries, the world's not a patch on our genes. If we do what we want to do, we need to do. Now, let me say this, because being a coming from a family that camped all the time, 
different campgrounds people would buy like logos of states that they had visited yeah. and put it on their like some would wear it on like a jacket mm-hmm. others would wear put it like on their camper the peel off stickers or whatever i don't know if it means the visiting countries were patches on the jeans hmm like he got one from each country he visited and but it was more than that i i'm trying to help I, not hurt i don't know i think Gosh, I, it's driving me crazy because I, I, I know the elements of a saying I've heard before are there. It's like an archaeologist. Well, you dig yeah. up bones. And, <laughs> it's you're, either, you're just about to put the T-Rex together, but something's not quite right. right. It's, it's yeah, either right. a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex tooth or yeah. it's like, I don't know, so, or, something somebody threw out from Starbucks a couple of years ago. Right. You know, I'm not really sure. But I think well, what he, it's the rest of the – or I'm sorry, we don't wear – the rest of the world's flags on our jeans, but the rest of the world does have like Levi jeans with the American flag on it and whatnot. Okay. About America's influence around the globe. Because, okay, if I understand this right, if you say that someone or something is not a patch on another person or thing, yeah, you mean that they're not as good as that person or thing. Like your those other countries aren't a pimple on our, whatever. That's that That's is been the suggested. way. Rest of the countries, the world's not a patch on our genes. If we do what we want to do, we need to do. Like they're they're. So if you're not a patch, I mean they're not as good. They're not as right. good. Okay. I think that might be where that you're going makes with more this. sense. I'm getting some help from some listeners who are suggesting that perhaps is what he's trying to say. Okay. Okay. That's the way, you know, trying to figure it out myself, looking it up. That's like a flea on an elephant's, you know, keister, too. Okay, go ahead, elaborate. <laughs> well, that's one of the old sayings, too, right? You're not a flea on an elephant's butt or whatever. But I don't think he meant it in that way. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Golly, I'm just trying to help here. I don't know. Well... The Rosetta Stone is not in my possession. I, I know, can't figure it, it out. My Rosetta Stone just jumped out the window. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right, man. I mean, it, it's one of those things. Having a president like Biden, it does take a little bit to understand exactly what the heck he's saying. Hey. That's just part of it. Golly. Meanwhile, we still have a border crisis, but as, well, Texas, Florida, other places have sent... You know, people here illegally to other states, other cities. Some of those places are saying, hey, it's unfair for us. Yeah. Like New York. One of them is, yes, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He started sounding like a conservative talk radio show host because he's had it with getting handed more and more illegal immigrants. This was on WABC yesterday. Hmm. El Paso should not be going through this. Chicago should not be going through this. Houston, Washington, New York. No city should, should have to make a decision. If they're going to provide for their citizens, particularly coming out of COVID, or if they're going to deal with the onslaught of migrants and asylum seekers. Right. We agree. Well done. And this is really impacting on the quality of life of New York and our ability to provide for everyday long-term New Yorkers on the needs that they have during this difficult time. Uh, This is just unfair uh, for local governments to have to take on this national obligation we've done our job uh there's no more room at the end for the first time do we get a three-way clap for well i i mean look yeah 
that it would play a lot better with me if this guy wasn't all about being a sanctuary city. Exactly. Yep. It's easy to say you're a sanctuary city. Boy, it's hard when you actually have to step up to the plate, isn't it? Yep. That's just it. Mm-hmm. Now you got some ownership there. Well, yeah, advocating for something you'll never have to concern yourself with is easy. Right. Well, I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Colorado, very loving place. What, people here illegally? Uh-uh. No. Yeah. You're going to Chicago. Yep. You're going to New York. It was funny because when people were shipped to Martha's Vineyard, it was said to be inhumane. Yes. Like, man, you're going to Martha's Vineyard. Now, if you want to make the case, it's inhumane going from Colorado to Chicago or New York. You got my ear a little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> that makes a little more sense. You got shipped to Colorado. You're like, hey, this feels pretty good. Yeah. Now, sorry, Chicago's your destination. And for you over here, mm-hmm. it's going to be New York. That's a bummer. No doubt about it. Okay. Did see it was the first White House press secretary briefing yesterday and then Q&A. And a lot of people said, well, it picked up uh, same as it was last year. Just kind of full of crap. Um. You know, the White House is very much focused on lowering prices, and they've done it. They really have, and Corrine Jean-Pierre wants you to know it. I want to make note here, because this is important, uh, we've made significant progress in lowering the prices, uh, gas prices specifically. Prices are down nearly $2 uh, per gallon and are lower today than they were one year ago today, this very day. So we've seen a slight increase, yes, over the past week due to cold weather mm-hmm. uh, that shut down some refineries, but those refineries are coming back online, as some of you have reported. Okay, see? focused on it, Mm -hmm. right? And President will continue to do everything he can to keep lowering costs uh, for American families. That is a a priority that you hear from him anytime he talks about. Have you noticed American families are back in the foray? Oh, yeah. As far as part of the talking points? It's not the singles. It's the American families. Right. Mm-hmm. The economy and, and how he wants to continue to lower costs Uh-oh, for Americans. These refineries come back online. Do you expect the gas prices to come back down? And, and the price of gas when the president came into office was $2.39 a gallon. I know, but I'm talking about one year ago, and that was <laughs> one year ago was not when he came into office, right? So Yeah, see, that, no. Can't go back that far. But from a year ago, when it was record high, it's come down from that you know, laser focused on that. Did she buy her soul back when she's done or is that gone forever? <laughs> was it there before she took the job? I don't know. I remember when gone. she appeared on CNN yeah. before that? I, I think she does have a shred of a soul there. I think that's really one of the reasons why she struggles to put words together is hmm. because there is that little bit of a conscience of that is like yeah. trying to pull words back. It could be. Yeah, it's so hard to tell if she's always been that way because outside of, you know, stint here and there on CNN, really don't know much about, you know, her past. Other stories out there. Oh, um, exercise. It's, it's, that's white supremacy there. Oh, of course. Obviously. I don't know if you know that, Scott. Uh, Time Magazine has stigmatized yeah. this exercise as white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Had you seen this story? No. I happened to see it at the Federalist. Tristan Justice was writing about it. Um, the white supremacist origins of exercise. How did the United States exercise trends going from reinforcing white supremacy to celebrating Richard Simmons? That evolution is explored in a new book. (laughs) Wait a second. Isn't this just part of health forever? Oh, no, 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 no. This was somehow dreamt up by white supremacists? Yes. 
Yeah, I, to I, oppress other people. I remember hearing an or reading an article. Maybe it was from the same author uh, a few months ago, maybe even over a year ago, that argued that well, you know who else liked exercise and fitness? Hitler. That was actually what they argued. Because Hitler was like obsessed with this idea of the ideal human being, and that involved physical fitness, that involved all of that. So because like that horrible human being liked exercise and fitness, that means that if you are into exercise and fitness, you're a fascist. Okay, and I have nothing as far as knowledge on Hitler's eating habits, but if he ate an apple every day, <laughs> if you grow an apple tree... Yeah. You're a white supremacist. Well, I don't You're know supporting you, it. I don't know if you know this, but apple trees, their branches actually come out looking like swastikas. <laughs> I don't know. That's a little-known apple fact. <laughs> that That is an observation you will hear nowhere else today. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's probably true. You won't hear that anywhere no, else it's, today. It's the only show. I, I, I at, the end, at the end of the day, isn't this just like fat, lonely people or miserable people who are writing these articles to make themselves feel better? I think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the author of this new book, uh, Fit Nation, The Gains and Pains of America's Exercise Obsession, um, what is it, Natalia Petrezla, something like that, um, also went on to uh, give credence to the pro-fat movement. I think the quote was, today you see quite a few fat people in the fitness industry who are operating from a better perspective which is that your body size does not necessarily dictate your fitness level. We should not presume that because you're fat that you're not fit or that you want to lose weight. I think that depends on what metrics you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, what are you... I mean, if you're talking about using, like, BMI, that, well, yeah, that's a pretty outdated metric. But, you know, I... But, yeah, it is kind of hard to imagine. And I say this as a moved American... Um, speaking to family here, okay, it's not healthy. There, it, you're not right. healthy. I mean, you may you may have you know low cholesterol, low blood pressure, all of that, but that added weight does put pressure on all of your other organs. It does make you or put you at an increased risk of certain types of cancers. It's a fact that if you're overweight, it is not healthy. Have you thought about a t-shirt line? It just says moved America on it or something like that, because that's freaking funny. It's like a political party. <laughs> we are in the moved American caucus. Yes. We will no longer be silent. <laughs> yeah. All rise. Damn it. They found the one thing we can't do. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, wanted to bring this up. Do we have time? That there is a theory out there of why men decide it's time to get married. Oh, oh I and think... it's not. It's not because they've met their soulmate. Really? That's not it. Yeah, we, it's going to take a couple of minutes oh, no. to flesh this. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Okay. And I think there's something to it. Oh, all right. What? I'm really intrigued now. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. Plus, we got a news update to get to and. The actors from a 1968 movie are suing for child abuse. All coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. 
is funny because off air, one of us will say to the other two, so what happens next with the Speaker of the House thing? We've never seen this before. No. <laughs> Been a while. How long does this go on? It can, it can go along, uh, as long as they want, really. Yeah. So you still have, what, 20 holdouts that are not going to vote for Kevin McCarthy yeah. to be the Speaker of the House. Yeah. And now they're rallying behind Byron Donalds. Yeah. I think everybody's just going to get a turn here. <laughs> yeah. It was Jim Jordan's yesterday. Yeah. Byron Donalds today. And Chip Roy from Texas made the point to Democrats, Byron Donalds is black. Mm-hmm. First yeah. time two black Americans yeah. have been have nominated the, for yes. Speaker of the House. I think the audio is not very clean, so it's it's hard for me to isolate it here. But when he said that, there was some a, pl- a smattering of applause. And then I think you can hear somebody from the other side of the aisle going, it's second time actually. Which, that may be true. I have no idea. I don't either. I don't care that much. It's just... Okay. Well, I guess each team added a man to their roster, an extra man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might go to extra innings. They need all the right. help they can get. Man, switching gears, this is a wild story. This was from Variety. There are a couple of actors. Leonard Whiting and Olivia Hussey played the leads in Romeo and Juliet from 1968. Mm. They are suing Paramount for sexually exploiting them as minors. They were 16 and 15 at the time. Dude, I have wondered about that for years because I remember watching that even in high school. And I've never seen it. it there, is, there is a uh, moment where the woman playing Juliet uh, gets out of bed and she's topless. Yes. And the dude, his butt shone. Yeah. She was 15 at that time. Oh, boy. So they're seeking damages they think believed to be in excess of $500 million. Now, they mentioned in the story that Olivia said back in 2018 in an interview that the nude scene was needed for the film and that the director, Franco Zeffirelli, shot it tastefully. And then in a 2018 interview with Fox News, she said it wasn't that big a deal and that in the middle of shooting, she forgot she wasn't wearing clothes. But the lawsuit alleges that the director had assured them there would be no nudity. But when it came down to it, he insisted they perform in the nude or the, quote, picture would fail. Yeah, that that's very creepy. It's very think creepy. Of that. Yeah. That, I mean, that director talking to a couple of teenagers, no, you got, we, we got to have the boobs in this shot. That's weird, man. There were a lot of movies like that in the 60s, 70s, in into the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was weird. We were on a different topic, and I said to you guys off air, Blue Lagoon. I just thought of that. And yeah. then stories were coming out over the break about Blue Lagoon, and Brooke Shields was interviewed, and Christopher Atkins. I was like, holy smokes. Yeah, yeah man. There's no way that should have she been. She was, what, 14? Yes. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Pretty wild. Oh, here's the theory. I mentioned this earlier, of why men decide it's time to get married. Okay. Okay. Um, and see if you think there's something to this. Roll it. Rest of the country. No, that's Biden. That's Biden. <laughs> Don't get married. I came across this photographer. She's obviously been at a lot of weddings, and she observed that the men were marrying the woman in front of them at the time that they were ready to get married, implying that that wasn't necessarily that man's soulmate or that man's love of his life. It was just the girl he was dating at the time he was ready to get married and settle down. Think that's true? No. Oh, I think there's something to it. I think for some guys, yeah, there probably is something to that. Mm, Man. Nope. (laughs) 
Not okay with oh. that one. Oh, man, this sounds like we need to put this no, into the trifecta. No, we really don't. No, we really <laughs> no don't. I'm That's... serious. This probably needs a little longer discussion. Don't love her, but I feel like i got to do it. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David? Yeah. To me, it's the epic trolling that's happening in the uh, House of Rep- uh, Representatives as uh, 20 Republican holdouts are bucking the party. Uh, yep. Even though Trump, according to Lauren Boebert, one of these Republicans is holding out and keeping Kevin McCarthy from taking the speaker's gavel. Apparently, Trump has texted them saying, knock this off. And she calls him out publicly. No nope. time for Kevin McCarthy to go. He doesn't have the votes. The math is against him. She's got a point. Didn't he move into the office already? Yeah. Yes. I mean, gee, that's embarrassing. Wow. (laughs) This is fun to watch, man. Really is. All right, we got the Robbins trifecta, a news update, and a debate all ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Tensions are running high on Capitol Hill right now. As Republican Party loyalists are very upset by 20 Republican members of the House of Representatives who will not vote for Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. Uh, Dan Crenshaw was quoted as saying, these bleeping people, they're just being clowns at this point. Republican. I don't look at it that Houston. way. Oh, I don't either. I, I think. Look, Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the votes. Period. The end. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you look at his history, and you want him to continue in that role. Some people are like, no, this is this is the party going the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, of course, Kevin McCarthy is is the person that former President Donald Trump was pushing and is still pushing. And he's been reaching out to a lot of these uh, so-called defectors, uh, interestingly enough, who are very tight with the president. They like Donald Trump a lot. They've been called mega-Republicans. Yes. Um, And all sorts of other names, actually. Yes. Uh, But anyway, Lauren Boebert is one of them, and uh, she just said, uh, she called out Trump on the House floor. Wow. Pretty interesting. So let's work together. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us, even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. Wow. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. And with that, I yield. Thank you. <laughs> the reaction. Some howling going on there. Well, you just don't hear that. Well, they, you know, to, to really, to, to be fair, they have not counted all the mail-in votes yet. That's right, yeah. they still got a bag full of them back there. So. <laughs> this is fun, though. You know, this is the thing, too. I'll see different people comment on social media, and certainly on cable news, Republicans that are fed up with this. Mm-hmm. But at least different friends I've talked to, they aren't in that camp. No. At least so far. Because Kevin McCarthy's really not their guy right. or person, however you want to 
phrase it, you know, for good reason. All right, Robbins, you are really ready to roll. We got a couple of things that we got to tackle here, of course, including your uh, trifecta. Yes, sir. So you're ready to go. Let's go. All right, roll it out. Where's Casey? Get him ready. ready. Are you ready? One, two, look at you. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, three top stories. Well, of course, according to Scott Robbins. Always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. Yeah, he's all ready to go, right? Yes. Okay. Well, he yeah, was on I'm vacation, ready. too. Mm-hmm. Three. Okay. All right. Number three, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI died. And Joe Biden is not invited to the funeral. He's not the only one, by the way, but I'll just start this off by uh, hearing the words of White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre explaining yes. why. Uh-huh. The president said in his statement, as I'm sure you saw, he joins Catholics and so many others around the world in mourning the passing of Pope uh, Emeritus uh, Benedict XVI. So to answer your question, uh, the U.S. ambassador to the Holy <laughs> See, Joe Donnelly, will uh, represent the United States at the funeral of the pope in line with the wishes of the late pope and the Vatican. This is what, uh, this is what their requests were. This is what their wishes were. Uh, and so uh, that's what you'll see. Emeritus? Emer- Isn't it Emeritus? Yes, it is Emeritus. It's a title <laughs> that... Uh, I think I'm losing my mind. Okay, yeah, go ahead. That's the title uh, emeritus, that... Emeritus, uh, Benedict. Emeritus? Yeah. That sounds like a disease well, Joe has. Some <laughs> sort of fungus. <laughs> That's the thing the that made him bleed from the eyeball. Right. Emeritus. emeritus. Yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> White House spokesperson. Yep. Right there. Uh, yeah, they didn't. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, Biden is a devout Catholic, the most devout, most Catholic of all Catholics. Mm-hmm. And apparently he was not invited. Yeah. The Vatican said they only want real Catholics there. And apparently she was not one of them. So how'd you go? In fairness, the reason is because Benedict was the first pope in like 600 years to retire. And yeah. so there's been this controversy going on for the last 10 years about like is, is who's the legitimate pope. And some people don't see Pope Francis as the legitimate pope. And so the Vatican is actually not inviting a lot of world leaders uh, to this funeral to make sure that everybody knows Pope Francis is the Pope. It's only like two countries, right? Yeah, Germany, which is where Benedict is from, and Italy. Mm -hmm. So those are the only two that have official dignitaries there. Well, there's a new word to add to your vocabulary today, folks. Emeritus is one of them. (laughs) Now, on with the countdown. Grandpa, how's the emeritus? Did it flare up again? (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, it did! The Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, commentator, philosopher, uh, is being told now by the Canadian government to go to re-education training. This is insane. Yesterday, Jordan Peterson revealed that the College of Ontario Psychologists have acknowledged it, too, that they have sentenced him to mandatory retraining in order to retain his license to practice clinical psychology in Canada. Peterson tweeted out, The Ontario College of Psychologists has demanded that I submit myself to mandatory social media communication retraining with their experts for, among other crimes, retweeting some things that I believed. I am to take a course of such training with reports documenting my progress. Or face an in-person tribunal and suspension of my right to operate as a licensed clinical psychologist. 
Holy smokes, man. But there was no one that he was a psychologist for that came out and complained. No, Some none. fakely claimed that, but it's what he tweeted. Well, that's dystopia with or, a smiley face, yeah. isn't it? What do you expect, Holy man? cow. It's the People's Republic of Canada being led by Fidel Castro Jr. Retraining camps, and they monitor your progress. Well. Holy hell, man. He got in the way of some narratives from people on the left and pushed back, and that's what you get in Canada. It's amazing, dude. When I saw that, I I couldn't believe it either, but I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Now, on with the countdown. All right. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three. One. Uh, Three quarters of Republicans want Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, to no longer be the head of the RNC. Yeah, they want her out. A poll which was conducted in December. for the group convention of states actions has showed that really close to 75% of people who vote Republican think she's got to go. 5% said she should stay. 20% said they're not sure. What's more, 68% of the voters feel the RNC was ineffective in getting Republicans elected in November. Well, yeah. Implying that the organization at least partially is to blame for the party's failure to secure the Senate and more comfortable majority in the House. Now, voters aren't just blaming her and the RRC. About 63% also feel the GOP and its congressional leadership was also ineffective in getting the party across the finish yeah, line. Yeah, new blood, of course. I absolutely 100% agree with that, and I'm glad that people are actually speaking out publicly now. She's a disaster. She needs to go. And there you have it. Yes. Yep. This is Scott Robbins, trifecta. Uh, am, what was the word we learned today, David? Well, just a emeritus. Emeritus. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Dr. Fauci is going to discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned the theory on why men decide it's time to get married. Yes. And it's sometimes it's not their soulmate. You push back on this heart. Well, I did because it sounded like I don't, I'm just going to get married because it's the social thing to do. This is about 40 seconds. Did I just roll this whole thing? This is this woman. They put this out. This has gone viral all over the place. Uh-huh. Okay, just roll it. I came across this photographer. She's obviously been at a lot of weddings, and she observed that the men were marrying the woman in front of them at the time that they were ready to get married, implying that that wasn't necessarily that man's soulmate or that man's love of his life. It was just the girl he was dating at the time he was ready to get married and settle down. Okay, I don't know if the photographer asked questions or that was just the read. I don't know. When a man decides that he is financially and emotionally ready for marriage and ready to settle down and ready to start a family he takes a way different approach to dating that part in his brain of like oh there's another girl out there shuts off because now his focus is on marriage it's not in finding the next best thing so what i said was I get where she's coming from i think there's something to it i think the more we talked about it the more i understand it because at first I was like, well, I don't have to love him. I just socially, I, I feel responsible that I have to get married and have a family because that's the American thing to do. Oh, no. I think it's when a guy's like, you know what? I'm tired of being single. I want a family. That I want part to get I get. I, just to preface it, that part I get. If you would have said that to me earlier, I would have agreed. Yes. Well, that's that's I think the part theory. of settling down is marriage. Yes, but for some people, if they're asking themselves the question, yeah. is this the soulmate? 
that sort of thing. I don't know. That you've read yeah. in some book somewhere. Right. Like, well, no. Maybe not. I don't know. Is there somebody else out there? I don't know. You got to pull the trigger sometime, and I'm ready to go. So let's, you know, right. here it is. Nothing's perfect, but the closest you can get to it. What do you think, David? You said that you thought that there was something to it. There might be something to it. I think there is. And I'll just use my, my personal experience on this. And it, I hope it doesn't come off as like harsh or cruel or whatever, but I don't think it is. I, I mean, I love my wife. I love my kids. Um, we had been dating for several years. We moved to two different states together. And then, yeah, there did come a time where it was like we should get married. And then we did. I don't know. Again, there's... But it, it was like we got to a point where it's like, well, obviously, we are in it to win it. You know, <laughs> we're not... If we moved to mm-hmm. uh, two different states together and whatnot, I mean, and stayed together through all of that, a long-distance relationship... It's like, well, there's obviously neither of us are interested in seeing what else is out there. So let's get married. Yeah. I don't know if that's exactly what she's talking about. No, no, I I don't think so. I think, well, at that time, were you thinking, yeah, I'm ready to be married. I'm ready to settle down. Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know about the settle down. Like, I I had been planning to move to a different state with her. And, Mm -hmm. but I mean, as far as just sort of, figuratively you know solidify a relationship like that that seemed like the responsible thing to do yeah i think sometimes to that point that she made is for a dude you know if he's like 21 and he might think this is the person but i'm not done hanging with my buddy right (laughs) i don't want all that responsibility i just want good times maybe that doesn't work out you know, and then maybe later on he's like, you know what, I'm ready for this now. Right, second yeah. marriage. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't get married the first time. Okay, I see. All right, got it. Is everyone just speaking from some sort of experience or well, something? Well, that to that guy actually, I I used to know a guy named Chad who was uh, significantly older than me and my buddies in college, but he was fun to hang around. He's big, boisterous, life of the party kind of guy. Uh, hilarious too, but there was one day where a girl that he had gone out with years ago, like when he was twenty twenty one ish, what he found out she was about to get married, and so we went out. He said, "David, I'm going to buy you. I'm going to buy drinks. We're going to lose today." So we we go to Lucky Lou's in Denton, Texas. Mm-hmm. Sits down, and if he's buying beer, holy crap, something's wrong. Um, and this guy just starts openly weeping. She was the one, man. I just wasn't ready. And then oh, the song no. Amy what, by uh, Pure Prairie League yes. <laughs> comes on. Well, this girl's name happened to be Amy. No. So he's drinking beer, doing shots at Jägermeister. That song comes on, and he breaks down completely and goes, oh. I think oh. I could stay with her for a while. <laughs> Maybe longer oh. if I choose. Oh, God. Like, this guy's quoting Pure Prairie League to me <laughs> while he's crying in his beer. That's Called in, in terrible. And out, love yeah. again. Oh, that was one of the weirdest <laughs> moments of my life. Day drinking at the bar. <laughs> Got this dude crying. It's okay, man. Oh, Gee whiz. That is tough. Every time you hear that song from here on out, you're going to think of that poor guy. Every time that song comes on, he just weeps. Golly. Okay, good talk. News update straight ahead and Nimrod's in the news and a couple of corrections from this show coming up.
Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, Scott Robbins. What? Uh, yeah, this one is on the Buffalo Bills player, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, the latest is he remains in the ICU in critical condition, however, with signs of improvement that were noted overnight. He is expected to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. But they say, citing uh, that he has made progress. Again, this is all baby steps at this point, but anything moving in the right direction is considered a victory. Yeah. So that's good news. Yes, absolutely. I mean, certainly not out of the woods yet by any stretch, but uh, progressing in the right direction, not di- not dig- digressing. So that's good. Good. Oh, I mentioned a correction uh, on the yeah. show mm-hmm. from earlier. Yeah. I falsely said uh, an obscure song to many people. Right. Salt My Tears was Dwight Twilley. That was, in fact, Martin Briley. Yeah, the great Martin Briley. <laughs> yes. Wanted to make sure that I He's made not going right. to cry for the wasted years. You know why? Because you're not worth, worth the salt, salt my, my tears. tears. Damn it. Yes. I think I was confused because Dwight Twilley had a song out near the same time called Girls. Girls. And there were scantily clad women in both videos. Yes. Honestly, I'm like, how did I get that confused? And I looked up the Dwight Twilley, and I'm like, oh, that's maybe where it was. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, who's ready for Nimrods? I know I am. Roll it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Sure. Let's go to Florida. A couple people there, man and a woman. Well, they were arrested. Why? Well, they broke into a house through an unlocked door. Then they allegedly stole from a Dollar General earlier in the day. Here's the deal. It wasn't hard to catch them because while at the house, they called 911. I mean, what for? Mm. They didn't say anything. So deputies were dispatched to the area. They show up. The female thief said, yeah, we called 911. We wanted to ask for your help to move some stuff from this house. Okay. Because uh, we're going to the airport. We're going to New York. We're oh. going to be moving. Could you help us? And give us a ride to the airport, please. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was, actually helped them bag up a few of the items. And then gave them a ride. Just wasn't to the airport. It was to jail. Oh, wow. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Holy smokes. Meth involved, maybe? And that's Nimrods in the News.